0: Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Duane Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Duane co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Duane are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast.
1: Hello everyone, this is Marnie, and welcome to Helping Couples Heal. I am here with my wonderful co-host and friend, Dwayne Osterland.
2: Hello everyone, it's good to be on the podcast.
1: It feels a little strange to be here. We haven't record, actually recorded an episode in I know. a long time, over a month, and um, I actually am recovering from surgery, and so just sort of coming back into the land of the living and really excited to to do this podcast particularly now because this can be a really tough time of the year for people the holidays there's there's a bit of a this sort of expectation that the holidays are meant to be festive and fun and merry and for many people you know our listeners particularly they're not feeling that way there's a lot of grief actually
2: right right Well, first, before we start, I'm glad that you are healing and getting better and coming back to the podcast so we can do more of this recording and to be able to do this work. But yes, definitely. These holidays can be challenging.
1: Yeah. I really think talking about grieving during the holidays is important because, you know, again, it could feel very unsettling to somebody who is, you know, even in a store, let's say, and people are all around buzzing around, even during COVID, you know, shopping, and there's Christmas decorations and Hanukkah decorations and New Year's decorations. And people are, you know, smiling and buying and feeling like part of the world. And often the clients that we work with are not feeling like part of the world. They're actually feeling very much outside. And so we decided we wanted to do this episode to talk about Um, grieving during the holidays and what that might look like for you and how you can get through this period of time.
2: Right. This is something that I definitely see as well in clients when they come in is that the holidays become really, really challenging because it's a, it's a real mix of emotions, A, a desire to embrace the holidays that are supposed to be filled with joy. And these other feelings come up from betrayal trauma that intermix. And it's sometimes just confusing on what to do.
1: Yeah. And and many people have these traditions, like families have had traditions they've been doing that are meaningful to them for years. And after betrayal trauma, a lot of clients don't want to do, like there's a part of them that actually does like they're craving and longing to be able to engage in these rituals and celebrations that they did for so many years with their family, but the pain of the betrayal and all of the information that they have now, right, it, it prevents them often from wanting to do those rituals because to them, it's like, but no, it isn't the same. We can't just pretend everything's the same.
2: Well, I think it, it it speaks to one of those dimensions of betrayal trauma, that existential trauma, all this meaning that I had and my place in the universe. And, and these rituals that we do during the holidays help us place us in a in a space where we belong in the world. And when all of that meaning is now shifted and changed or you doubt it or you don't know if it, if it meant anything at all, right. you're really lost. And that speaks to that existential trauma.
1: Absolutely, and I, I think in general with grief, whenever there's some sort of significant holiday or milestone or um, event or occasion, anything that has significant meaning oftentimes the grief is actually felt more acutely because that's when the idea of the loss comes up. Oh, this is what it would have been like then, or this is what it was like then, or this is what it was like when that person, before I knew that this person had done X, Y, and Z. Right. So, so right. really the holidays, which hold so many, so much meaning for so many people often brings acute grief and, and their, their healing actually can feel almost a little bit stagnant. Like, wait, I was, I was even doing well. And now the holidays are here. And I feel like I'm sort of going back to square one.
2: And there can even be a dread that comes up like, I'm just scared of these holidays approaching. Even before the holidays are here, the thought of them, well, how do we handle it? How do we handle our life together? How do we handle this? How do we handle that? How do we handle the kids? How do we handle buying gifts? And it it becomes so challenging and confusing.
1: Yeah. And how do we handle like, you know, there's a lot of couples that have therapeutic separations, or are living in different residences, or even in the same residence in different rooms, or there's all sorts of arrangements that people have, and then people have children. So navigating what that looks like, how do we spend it? Do we spend it together? And a lot of a lot of people decide to do that for the benefit of their children. But as a result, it's actually painful for them.
2: Absolutely.
1: There's a lot of, I think, a lot of sacrifice for, um, for family and for loved ones. And, you know, the reality is that, the mood of a grieving person is very contrary to the mood of you know, most other people that are just out there wanting to celebrate the holidays.
2: Yeah. And I really want to just validate that experience for all the partners out there who are going through that. And then also acknowledge the challenge of the person who's done the betrayal of being there in that grief and walking through that. So you have both of these dynamics going on. And it becomes challenging for, for both people.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's challenging absolutely for both people. And I also want to acknowledge that this is a long stretch of time. You know, typically the holiday season starts, I think most people think of it as, you know, between Thanksgiving and the new year. But even for for many, many families that have children, especially, I, I think it can start, you know, around, around Halloween, the end of October. And that's a really long stretch of time to be- right right, in this, in this state of you know, all these significant days that are, again, supposed to be happy family occasions and now are fraught with, with pain and confusion.
2: Definitely. I want to go into a little bit of what someone who is going through this might be able to do to cope. Because I, I think that's important. I mean, we're acknowledging and validating that this is really, really hard, but I'd also like for us to maybe help some people through it.
1: Yeah, I, that was where I was going to go next. So as usual, we're on the same page and right. you're reading my mind. Um, I would say that I think, I mean, there's there's obviously several or, or many different coping strategies that we can talk about. To me, the most important coping strategy is simply to recognize and accept that this holiday period will be different. Right. To, to really understand that because if, if a newly grieving person or a grieving couple let's say, is expecting to partake in all the normal activities and festivities and celebrations and follow all the same traditions that they've done in the past, then now they might be setting themselves up for really a very torturous experience, right? So again, going back to accepting, so really accepting that it will be different gives the griever permission to make changes and to not do the same things or to feel the pressure to do it the way they would have done it before.
2: And I think really giving yourself permission to just be in that space and that that's okay that you have some choice in how you respond to that and allowing yourself to kind of move through that grief without trying to fight it. Uh, Because I think when we, when we fight that grief, it really just ends up become overwhelming and then you can't function. And you can't even be present at all, right?
1: That can exacerbate one's trauma, also. Um, yeah, it not help. So I think I also think that making these modifications that that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, like changing old tra- older traditions and and doing things differently, I think it's going to look very different to each person, right? Because for one person, maybe the whole idea of decorating the tree was the big family, beautiful highlight of the holiday right or maybe for another family lighting the menorah every evening together as a family is the beautiful thing and so it's important that each individual look at what are the things about the holiday season that are most significant to them or most difficult for them and then figure out, okay, well, then how can I deal with this? And so for the family that would celebrate with the Christmas tree, this might sound crazy. And I get that this would bring its own sadness, but perhaps not getting the tree this year or having someone else pick out the tree or having a fake tree or, you know, just finding ways to allow yourself to not force yourself to do something that's going to bring more pain. Right. Right. And I have a lot of compassion. You know, I've, I've experienced my own kind of grief in my life. And I certainly know that, that the holidays, particularly in the early stages of loss, can bring up so much pain and so much sadness. And for me, I, I will say that the, the thing that got me through it and that I, I see helps or has helped my clients in the past right? Clients that are now on the other side, but was really to allow themselves the permission, like you said, to do it differently and to not judge for that. In in, in actuality, it's a beautiful act of self-care to be willing to say, I'm going to do it differently. And I think maybe one specific thing that we can address, Dwayne, is because, well, actually I was going to talk about attending special functions or parties or events, because that could be a very sensitive area. But I just realized that it's COVID <laughs> and things right. like, I don't even mean to laugh. I mean, it's you know it's horrible, but on some level, maybe this is one small blessing for people that are dealing with trauma, grief, and loss, that there isn't the pressure to go to these parties and be social and put on a happy right. face. Because oftentimes the last thing that people want to do who have actually been living with betrayal and secrets and lying and deception. They don't want to show up and put on a happy face and participate in more deception. Like, Hey, everything's great.
2: Right? Absolutely. I think that's wonderful advice and, and, and a wonderful thought. I also want to encourage the person who has done the betrayal to recognize this grief and do their best to also flow with it and accept that it will be different this year and that that's okay too. And that if you can be there for your partner in that difference, you're actually going to promote healing and growth, even if it's challenging for them to do that, because that yeah. can be so healing as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, another thing that, you know, being proactive and and for the person who has betrayed their partner to actually, you know, as uncomfortable as it might be, but to literally say the words, I imagine it might be really hard this year. Can't I, this is I, you know I'm thinking about how joyful our last our last holiday season was and I imagine that you're grieving and it, not using my words of course, but finding your own words and what feels right for you but acknowledging without being asked to acknowledge right without even having right. to wait acknowledging that so as you're listening to us talk to take in the fact that nobody wants to be grieving to begin with nobody wants to be grieving but then again, to have that light shining on the grief at a time when everything is supposed to be so festive. And so, yeah, I think absolutely writing a letter, writing a letter to to, to your partner, acknowledging the grief and some kind of a restitution um, in there or just acknowledging it and saying, I'm here now and I love you and I am sorry. And I hope that we can create joyful memories together in the future. And I'm willing to, to do whatever you want this year. This year, you know, we do it how... How, however feels best for you.
2: Right. And I think that can promote a lot of healing and can help both people deal with all of that difficulty and all those difficult emotions It's just putting it out in the open and just allowing it to be, not trying to fix it.
1: Exactly. Because here's, here's what we normally see. Oftentimes, or the majority of times, the addicts or the person who's done the betrayal they are wanting to move past this at a much faster pace than a partner is able to to do, right? It's a much longer process. And and also addicts or people who have betrayed their partners are often really, really skilled at compartmentalizing. So when the holidays come, they might be like, hey, let's just get into the spirit. Like, I know that we've got this thing going on, but, you know, it's it's the holidays, you know, let's celebrate the holidays. And so recognizing that, and not expecting their partner to be in that same place. That the partner cannot compartmentalize in the same way.
2: Right, right.
1: You know, and I want to I want to share one really sweet story that I'll never forget. That I think might provide some inspiration out there to to people that are are going through it now. I had um, a client who I worked with years ago. And a holiday tradition that she had had with her husband and family was that they did a a special holiday card every year with the photo of the family together, which is very common. A lot of, you know, a lot of us do that.
2: Right, right.
1: But the holidays were coming. The holidays were coming up. And she told me that her husband, she was shocked, but her husband expected that they were going to still do their holiday card as they always had. And she was absolutely, you know, opposed to it she refused. She said, There's no way I'm gonna send out some holiday card and and make it seem like everything's okay. And that was a really big deal for her. And it was sad. She felt the loss. You know, she felt the loss of this beautiful tradition, but he was a little bit impatient and kind of pushing her. At the end of the day, they did not send out the card. And they might not have sent out a card for a few years. But I do want to say, and here's the beautiful part, and a couple of years later, I got a holiday card in the mail from them. And it was so beautiful to see right because at the right time and after healing that was something that she wanted to do again and she even said she even made some comment to me in the card she wrote you know like something like with your help i'm able to do these we can do these holiday cards again or something really really special that is so meaningful to me and i think about that a lot and i and and i hope that everyone listening can take that in and and have some hope that even though today and this holiday period where you are might look so bleak and despairing and there might be so much pain and grief that it does shift over time and that it doesn't mean that next year this is where you're going to be.
2: That is such a beautiful story, Marnie, and just such a reminder that healing is possible and that we do see it even when there's all this pain at this time to hold on to that hope Uh and 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 walk towards that hope, even in even if you're having a difficult holiday this year.
1: Yeah. And and before we end, I just want to sort of throw out that for a lot of particularly partners, grieving partners, sometimes being with the person, especially in the early stages who've betrayed them can be really difficult. But I've talked to a lot of partners who actually say that oftentimes when they're not with that person, you know, again in the more, more of the earlier stages that they're able to have fun. Like every time I'm home and I'm with my husband or I'm with my partner and I'm, we're in the same room and the TV's on, I feel really tense and irritable and I don't want to be there. But then I, can, I go out with my girlfriend or with a friend or you know I go to work and I'm talking to a coworker and I actually I'm laughing and I'm enjoying. And so I'm really offering everybody permission to do what feels right. So if you don't want to celebrate the holidays with the person who's hurt you this year, but you do want to celebrate the holidays. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to forget that it's the holiday season. You go under the covers for a few weeks and then you come out. What you need, whatever you need to do is fine. But if you love the holidays and you want to celebrate, it's also okay to do it differently and to maybe do it with, with a different person or with different people. I just can't stress enough about giving yourself permission to, to go inside and, and see what feels right for you. And it's okay to do with that, to do that, right? And it's not its not just okay, but that is probably the most loving gift you can give yourself.
2: Right, is really listening to your spirit and letting your spirit guide you. Well, Marnie, I'm glad you're better. I'm glad you're back. And I hope for everyone out there that their holiday goes the way they need it to.
1: And what I wish is peace, you know, peace in everyone's heart, um, healing, healing peace in the world. And for all of those who are struggling right now and having a hard time believing that healing is possible, I want you to know that Dwayne and I are going to hold the hope for you. So until you're able to have it yourself, we've got you.
2: Right on, Marnie. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you on the next episode.
1: Take good care of yourselves. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Dwayne and Marnie in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma. If you are finding the podcast helpful, Please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.